Maybe Joseph had heard all this from Mary, but now an angel's backing it up. And I think that's important for us sometimes when making decisions in our lives concerning the will of God in our lives, that sometimes he'll reveal a plan to us and then have others come alongside and maybe not even knowing they back up the testimony that you've already received from the Lord. You're thinking about it. But also we find that the angel's words combined with God's prophetic word, we're going to see that in a moment, caused Joseph to take Mary to be his wife. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. As I was being fed last week as we were going through the message last week by Pastor Kevin, I wrote down in my notes, that I'm going to talk about Mary and Joseph on next Sunday. We'll be talking about Jesus and his birth. But here we're going to look at the lives of Mary and Joseph today. And I titled this, Ready and Willing to Answer God's Call, the Mary and Joseph Story. So questioning but obedient. First, let's look at 34 through 35. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, also, that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So Mary was confused. Remember, she's probably a teenager. If not, in her early 20s, one of the authors said uh, in their culture at that time, for a woman to be unmarried at 20 was pretty much unheard of. So think of Mary, a teenager, And she's, you know, betrothed to be married. G. Campbell Morgan explained it this way of uh, the angel's answer, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. G. Campbell Morgan in his student survey of the Bible said, would find delicacy of touch. Luke declared that the mystery of the conception of this new man There was a process by which he was made sinlessly conceived. That which is to be born shall be called holy in the mystery of that divine activity overshadowing the virgin, that she was cleansed from all sin, so that the man who appeared before us is immaculately conceived and therefore is the sinless man. The Bible tells us of Jesus and 
Galatians 4, 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. It's not to say that Mary was without sin. There are some, again, we'll go back to the Catholic Church, who teach that she was. In fact, there are some in the Catholic Church that believe she is a co-redemptrance with Jesus Christ. That's wrong teaching. The Bible never said that Mary was without sin. There's some way that through the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was conceived without sin, made him born a sinless man, did not have the inherent sin nature that we have, that we're born into. And that is why 1 John 1, 7, the scripture tells us it's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Get this, it's even hard to explain as a pastor and I've been studying this for a long time. Now Mary's just getting it in real time. She's like, how can this be? I don't get it. Well, don't worry, Mary. It's hard for us too <laughs> to understand, even with reading commentary. And there's still, I think there's just mystery there that we will not on this side of heaven totally understand. So 36 through 38, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And now this is the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done according to me to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Gabriel encouraged Mary by telling her about her cousin Elizabeth, who is no doubt a lot older than her. She was beyond the age of uh, childbearing, but she was now in her sixth month of pregnancy. And no doubt Mary had known of Elizabeth's barren state. And now her reproach from her cultural perspective had been taken away with Gabriel saying, with God, nothing will be impossible. So that is just something that we find in Scripture over and over again. Gabriel told Mary, about Elizabeth and her pregnancy, nothing's impossible for God. God rhetorically asked this of Abraham in Genesis 18, 14, saying, is anything too hard for the Lord? Abraham, of course, would say, no, Lord, nothing too hard for you. Jeremiah proclaimed this about the Lord in Jeremiah 32, 17, saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth, and by your great power, your outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for you. And Jesus declared this same thing, talking about the difficulty for those who are rich being able to be saved. The problem is on their side, not the possibility of God being able to save anyone. And when the disciples asked Jesus, if the rich can't get saved, who then can be saved? The response of Jesus, Matthew 19, 26, with men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So we all have different roles to fulfill in the kingdom of God. We're looking at the first Christmas and the role of Mary specifically right now, but it should help to remind us at this Christmas that we all have different roles to fulfill in the kingdom of God. Therefore, it's important for us to surrender to God's call for our lives. For Mary, the first Christmas meant following the plan of God for her life. So Joseph's service to the Lord, we find that 
In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, the announcement to him, well, it begins like this in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So although Jesus is not the son of Joseph, God chose a godly man to help raise his son. In the genealogies, the one found in Matthew's gospel begins with the genealogy in Matthew. Uh, Luke's gospel gives us another genealogy in chapter 3. We learn that both Mary and Joseph were descendants, not only of Abraham, but from the tribe of Judah, from the lineage of David. Here we have in Matthew's gospel, we're not going to look it over, but you'll find in verse 11 of chapter 1 that Jeconiah is the one who was cut off, that no descendant of his would sit on the throne. So this is the lineage of David given to us in Matthew's gospel. Uh, not a David of uh, Joseph. And then in Luke chapter 3, we get Mary's line presented to us there. But also, both tell us that they were betrothed to one another. So I addressed the betrothal period earlier for Joseph. That year was preparation. Customarily in their homes in that day, uh, you didn't get a spread somewhere else. You got part of the family home. We saw this when Lily and I and others from the church were over in Israel. It was quite a while ago on that trip, but we were there. And in the Arab quarters, they were doing home additions. And so it's still playing out real time, not in the Jewish culture so much, but in the Arab culture, still doing the same thing. They were like, I specifically remember uh, being in one of the Arab towns and seeing like a third floor being added on. That was maybe the parents being moved to a new apartment and a son was taking over the household or someone was preparing a home, adding on uh, to bring the bride home. That was customary. So it may not be so much that Joseph was preparing a place apart from the family, but just preparing a place for he and his new bride to be, to have a home for themselves in the family heritage. But it was during the betrothal that Joseph learned that Mary was pregnant. So after the birth announcement from Gabriel to Mary, Mary went to be with Elizabeth until her birth. And so Gabriel said she's six months pregnant. Mary was there until she gave birth to John the Baptist. That meant that she was there at least three months. And so Mary now is at least three, four five months pregnant. There's a point where Joseph, she returned. He realized she's carrying a child. And uh, he had to deal with this. A very difficult time for him. For the first Christmas, for Joseph meant his world was turned upside down. So verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So after she returned, discovering at some point she's with child, it must have been, you know, heartbreaking whether he discovered it on his own or he, he asked, he said, Mary, you look a little fuller in the face. I'm envisioning, a, you know, they wore robes and stuff that could hide a pregnancy for quite a while. But there was a point where he knew what was going on. She may have just said, 
Look, Joseph, an angel came to me and said this. And he's like, yeah, right. Being a just man, not wanting to make a public example of her, he minded to put her away secretly. So they were betrothed to one another, but with the, it was a legal contract. So they had not consummated the marriage yet. They hadn't come together technically as husband and wife, but they were considered husband and wife. They had a legal contract between them, and they had to break the contract with divorce. So don't confuse it with Western engagement, and the girl says, it's off, I'm keeping the ring, or throws the ring at the guy and says, it's off. That's a breaking of a contract, but it's not a legal contract. It's just two people saying, we're not getting married. This would have been done legally. It would have meant that for them, the courts were found at the gate of the city. It would have been done publicly. So he had it in his mind to send her away privately. Really, I think he was considering, maybe not considering himself as well, but Mary and the child. In Psalm 112, 4 and 5, Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious. He's full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously. He lends. He guides his affair with discretion. And so Joseph is preparing, but he's thinking about it. He's preparing what he should do. And I think it shows us that he was a, a good man who guides his affairs with discretion. But the first Christmas for Joseph came with these life-altering consequences. So while he thought about these things, verses 20 and 21, while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She shall bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So in Matthew's gospel, we get this, the character of Joseph, that he was just, he was compassionate, also that he was an obedient and honorable man. But remember, he was a young man. He was just because he wanted to do the right thing concerning Mary, and yet the law... Technically, the law, although we never read of anyone being stoned to death because of this in the Bible, Deuteronomy 22, 23, and 24, if uh, a woman was found pregnant because of adultery and or if she was a virgin like Mary and there was a pregnancy, there would be a forced marriage. And so there was law concerning how these things should be dealt with. The worst case scenario was stoning for both the woman and the man. And that was in the case of adultery. But he had compassion because he did not want to make Mary a public example. He decided to secretly divorce her. He was obedient because he believed the testimony of the angel that came to him. Maybe, maybe Mary had already told him all of this, that I conceived because of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have a son. The angel said I should call his name Jesus. Maybe Joseph had heard all this from Mary, but now an angel's backing it up. And I think that's important for us sometimes when making decisions in our lives concerning the will of God in our lives, that sometimes 
He'll reveal a plan to us and then have others come alongside and maybe not even knowing they back up the testimony that you've already received from the Lord. You're thinking about it. And they back up that testimony. But also we find that the angel's words combined with God's prophetic word, we're going to see that in a moment, caused Joseph to take Mary to be his wife. So again, here we have, I had said about the name of Jesus coming from the Hebrew, the Greek is Jesus, Hebrew is Joshua, Jehovah is salvation, and here we get that, a bit of that translation, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the work of Jesus, he is Savior. 1 John 3, 5, And you know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. So the first Christmas was when God brought together all of the prophetic plan for our salvation. He, he brought it together at this time. 22 and 23, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled. This is the angel speaking to Joseph in a dream. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet, Verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, shall bear a son, and call his name Emmanuel, translated God with us. So the angel's message combined with God's written word assured Joseph that he was a true messenger of God. Paul would warn in Galatians 1.8, But if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, to you than that which we have preached, let him be accursed. So I, I heard it from an angel. We have uh, Jehovah's Witness, the Mormons, they tie back new documents, uh, they tie back angelic uh, translations of God's word, saying that believe the angel that showed up. And yet the Bible says, don't believe that, because it's another gospel. They're not confirming that which has already been given to us, but they're adding to what has been given to us. So this was a validation of the message by God's prophetic word through the angel, through to Joseph. And that was all he needed to be obedient to God's will for his life. And in a similar way, we can, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, it might come through the testimony of others to us, but it should be backed up by the word of God in our lives, and it should be all that we need to respond in faith as followers of Jesus Christ. This prophecy from Isaiah 7.14 was actually given from Isaiah to King Ahaz, when their kingdom was under attack, the kingdom of Judah was under attack by the king of Syria and the king of Israel. And the prophet came to Ahaz and said, the Lord God said, they will not prevail against you. And then the prophet said, God says, ask for any sign and he will give it to you to prove that what I am saying is true. Now, King Ahaz responded to that in Isaiah 7, 12, saying, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. I'm not going to ask God for a sign. And because he refused to ask for a sign, we have been blessed this day for the sign that was given. 
Because then Isaiah told Ahaz, if you're not going to ask for a sign, then God's going to give you a sign. And this is it. Isaiah 7:14. Behold, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And the first Christmas came with an enormous responsibilities for Joseph as he was going to help raise the Son of God, Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So he was obedient, verses 24 and 25. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took to him his wife, did not know her until she brought forth the firstborn son and called his name Jesus. At this point, Joseph didn't concern himself with the ridicule that might come his way. Because by this time, the community knew that, and we find it, even with Jesus as an adult, they would kind of give some hints that there was something suspicious about mom and dad coming together as husband and wife and the timing of his birth. It's like, there wasn't nine months. We can count. You were either a premature child or something fishy's going on here. But he didn't care about that. He was obedient to the angel's command because it was backed up by the word of God. He took Mary as his wife, who's already several months pregnant. Now it was customary that the firstborn son would be named after the dad, but he called his name Jesus in obedience as well to the word that came to him. In the Gospels, we find that Jesus' earthly family is mentioned to us that Mary and Joseph had sons and daughters. As we read in Mark 6, 3, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon are not his sisters here with us? So the sisters never mentioned. We don't know how many, but uh, they were married for quite a while. We we find by the time Jesus gets into his ministry at the age of 30 that Joseph isn't mentioned anymore, so it is assumed that he died at some point. But after Jesus was born, uh, Mary and Joseph had children of their own, at least four brothers are named, and sisters are mentioned, so more than one sister. So they had sons and daughters. And hopefully all the half-brothers and sisters came to acknowledge Jesus as their Savior. We do know of two, because we have their epistles today, James and that of Jude. But for Joseph, the first Christmas meant following the plan of God for his life. So let's just wrap up with some final application. For Joseph, he also was betrothed, so a plan made by his parents. He allowed himself to be part of that once again. It's good to follow the counsel of the wise, especially our parents. Joseph was a just man. It's a Greek word that refers to having divine standard or being right in the sense of a person uh, walking in the ways of the Lord. And we can walk in the ways of the Lord according to the word of the Lord in our life as well. Joseph thought about these things. He took time to contemplate the matter, and by taking time, he understood what he should do. We should take time when making decisions 
It's wise to consider the impact that that choice will have upon other people and upon our own lives as well. Joseph considered God's prophetic word and combining the angel's testimony again with God's prophetic word, seeking the counsel of God's word and the counsel of godly believers to seek out God's plan for our lives is a wise thing to do. And finally, Joseph did what the Lord commanded him. He took Mary to be his wife. He called the child's name Jesus. Once you feel that you know the plan of God, the call of God for your life, take steps toward that plan, answering it. God may reveal something totally different to you, but you won't know unless you take those steps. Like Mary and Joseph, we are to take steps to follow God's plan for our lives. Father, thank you for your word. There's much that can be learned not just about Mary and Joseph in the first Christmas, but Lord, what I want us to be reminded of today, this Christmas, this season, that we are, Lord, also your children, and that we should follow the path that you have for us as individuals and as a church together. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Hey.